Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to Justin Beals, uh, who is the founder and CEO of StrikeGraph. We've had Justin on before, and uh, we talked a lot about what StrikeGraph does. We're going to kind of recap what StrikeGraph Strike does and what it's been up to in the last uh, six months. We're also going to talk about the kind of broader compliance, regulatory, and security um, requirements and in, in how they're evolving given just the industry in general, but also given some of the current uh, macroeconomic trends. Before we get into all that, though, let's uh, let's say hi to Justin. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing great, uh, Mark. It's a pleasure to join you again. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, are, are you still up in the uh, the Skagit Valley area up there? Yeah, it's uh, pumpkin harvesting season. I think they had a couple championship pumpkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. It's, it's it's very relaxing to watch a whole different industry go through its cycle, especially agriculture like that. And uh, of course, we're known for our tulips, and so they're putting the tulip bulbs in the in the ground right now. Yeah. I was just going to say you have a couple different agricultural kind of uh, industries, uh, and also kind of touristic events that kind of uh, revolve around that. And the uh, the tulips and daffodils and all that is uh, is an amazing time of the year to visit uh, that whole area. Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Are you getting hit by the smoke right now from the the forest fires? Uh, a little bit. I think we're right on the cusp. I think Seattle's had it much worse. We're kind of equidistant between Vancouver, BC and Seattle, Washington. And certainly it's been a longer summer than we're yeah. used to. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're, I, you know, Seattle people or Pacific Northwesters rarely look forward to rain, but I think they're starting to look forward <laughs> right to Right now, we're just <laughs> praying for it. And it's funny, I just looked at the weather forecast and it's like nothing but, you know, yellow balls for the next, uh, like seven to eight days. And we we need we need the rain, especially over in eastern Washington. But yeah. well, hey, um, just for the uh, the the benefit of our well, for me <laughs> and our our listeners, uh, and anybody that didn't hear you when you were on here before, could you just give us an overview of what StrikeGraph does, and you know how you're positioned versus the uh, the competition? Sure, StrikeGraph helps our customers achieve critical security certifications that are sales assets in the marketplace. Uh, the typical, the most typical security certification that our customers try to achieve is SOC 2. Um, but we also support standards such as PCI DSS, HIPAA, ISO 27001. Uh, there's a list of them. I, I think we'll actually talk a little bit more about uh, some of the standards and what we see happening about that later in the conversation. You know, what's really important to understand about StrikeGraph is, um, and I'll try to encapsulate it, we don't believe that any one kind of security in a box tool mm -hmm. really works for any one customer. You know, the 80-20 rule is not a great fit okay. for deciding a good security posture. Mm -hmm. And so what's really valuable about StrikeGraph is we provide, uh, our, our solution provides security orchestration from the perspective of on our platform, you can really efficiently in just a couple of hours scope a security posture that fits your business exactly, uh, identify the evidence that needs to be gathered, uh, automate the collection of that evidence, and also distribute the ownership of that security posture across your team. So that those that are responsible for HR security or 
those that are responsible for DevOps security have that responsibility. Now, the second part of StrikeGraph that's really critical is the measurement side. When we say measurement, we are talking about independent audits and assessments that StrikeGraph is able to provide to help a customer kind of show that company maturity in a sales motion and close deals. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you use the the term sales assets before uh, the last time we spoke, but it's interesting because clearly most organizations view security as something that in terms of they have to protect their own digital assets, right? And at, at, at I guess at the core of that is security is also an expense, okay? Because you're simply, it's a cost center in itself of just our own organizational requirements. You're looking at your customers' customers' requirements, if I get that right. And in order for your customers to get more customers or to keep their customers, they need to demonstrate a certain baseline or a certain level of security. And I'll let you kind of um, fill that in. But if they can do that, then all of a sudden that becomes an asset. Um, so security in that sense is something that you can actually probably calculate some type of ROI on. Yeah. The, you know, this has been a five-year massive shift in the way security implementation is perceived at organizations of all different sizes. I remember the days when I was a security engineer at British Telecom where, you know, the quote was, if you didn't get hacked, you spent enough. And if you did get hacked, then you haven't spent enough, right? And it, it was right. a liability measurement more than anything. Today, what we're seeing is if you want to participate in the B2B marketplace and part of your solution requires the sharing of data, buyers don't want to buy your solution unless there is some independent verification of your security practices. That is measurement. That's SOC 2. That's ISO 27001. And the buyers are driving the shift in perception. I think it's a fair question to ask why. And the statistic that's really interesting and the reason this has all changed is that about 70% of data breaches are coming from third-party vendors. So if you're a CISO at an organization and you wanna really reduce the opportunity for a data breach, probably the number one lever you can pull is to ask your vendors to meet independently assessed security requirements. Makes a lot of sense. And apologies, I just had my phone go off there. Um, normally, I would just shut that off. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it keeps me on my toes. So, you know, I I, I want to uh, dig into that because the organization that uh, that I primarily work for, uh, MemoQ, they are a translation management service provider. It's it's a software tool, and they both have on-prem and and uh, cloud-based uh, deployments. And we, especially when it's we're involved in RFP processes, there are questions around our security controls, uh, both in terms of our product, but then also in terms of our company, right? Um, you know, yeah. and 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 um, so, and and oftentimes, increasingly, we are seeing the question: Are you SOC two um, certified? Okay. And so let's let's kind of start at the beginning there. Um, in terms of those questions around our security controls based upon either our product, which is our software, or our company, how does StrikeGraph um, help with that? Yeah, the 
first thing that StrikeGraph helps with is we help companies scope the right security posture for their business. And there's two ways to go about it in our platform. We can drive it around a standard, like you're getting RFPs, direct customer requests for you to have a SOC 2 audit accomplished and have that SOC 2 report that you can share with buyers. So you may drive decisions, you know, high level, how, how does StrikeGraph help me get the right security posture? Well, I want it to be SOC 2 compliant. And that's kind of where my premise starts. And we look through a very large control database that we have so mm -hmm. that you have a good set of controls that matches your business and the SOC 2 requirements. Now, earlier stage businesses um, oftentimes don't know what the best security posture is. And we have a really nice, very efficient risk um, assessment that is kind of a lens for like what risks are are my is my organization confronted with and what's the best controls to implement to mitigate that risk and so we essentially suggest up the controls based upon a risk that would make the most sense for your organization but the, the real difference there is is that we're trying our best to eliminate security theater you know too often if you're like I, I, this happened to me i was like oh I need to implement some good security at my company when I was a chief technology officer. And I said, oh, what's, the quick question is like, what's the right set of policies? And so I get a templated list of policies and go fill them out. But when I got done, I was like, you know, half of these don't apply to us. They're just not the way we're doing business. They're not our type of product. They don't make sense. And I think this is our criticism of some of the other competitors in the marketplace is that they take every company and they fit them in the same box. And that's just not the way good security works. That's not the way efficient security happens. And that's also not the best way to get through some of these compliance requirements because you wind up doing things that aren't really effective and missing the ones that were important security for your business. Well, what I've seen is, um, again, from where I sit, both in terms of the company that I, I primarily, primarily work with now, but also um, from my experience with other organizations, is there is, you know, when you're selling to a company and they and they send you this security questionnaire or RFI or RFP document, there's this temptation or kind of sense of urgency that we have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that can be problematic because, you know, in some industries, so, so for example, our specific industry, none of the other, none of our competitors are um, <clears throat> SOC 2 certified. Uh, mm -hmm. They will, they will issue statements saying that, um, uh, the majority of our controls uh, are aligned with SOC 2 best practices, things like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna table that for a second, but go back to the whole you know sense of urgency and this desire to answer in the affirmative of, for, to all the questions. What are your thoughts in terms of best practices and in, in in from the business point of view? You know, how do you handle those kind of questionnaires? Well. You don't have to answer affirmatively to all those questions in the questionnaire if it, you know, what you do isn't a risk. So, for example, um, let's say that the service you provide doesn't really retain the data for a long period of time. You know, it's more like maybe it's a AI-based transcription service, and once the reports are handed back off, you're not having to maintain that data for quite a bit of time. There are certain questions about data retention that again, how do you answer affirmatively? What they might want to hear is that you're letting that data go quite quickly. You know, you're not retaining the information. Whereas uh, like StrikeGraph, 
data retention is really critical to our customers. And so we would have to answer that question in an affirmative way that says we can retain data as long as the customer needs. Um, you know, this is kind of our process and it's it's well thought out and kind of battle tested. We we run it through a quality assurance process on a regular basis. So I think you should think more about in answering these security questionnaires, what is what is the right controls for my business? I certainly want to represent those in the questionnaire, but then where there's a question that doesn't fit for the type of relationship we're going to have, just highlight that and explain it. You know, in StrikeGraph, what we did is um, we built an AI tool for this. Mm -hmm. You know, security questionnaires for us are a measurement issue. Like I, a buyer, I'm trying to measure your security practices. Right, right. And what what our platform will do is we'll break down all the questions in the questionnaire. And then we use natural language processing to go find the controls that you're operating. So we give you a cheat sheet, you know, mm -hmm. when you're answering the questionnaire that essentially says, well, if you're asking me about my hiring practices and making sure that I have the right talent, here are the controls that I operate inside my organization that would answer that question. Mm -hmm. And so that gives you a place of confidence, right, to respond to the RFP. Do you do anything like take a look at, you know, for example, all the security questionnaires, RFPs, et cetera, that, that a company has received over the previous whatever time period it is, let's just say six months or a year and say, you know, based upon what your customers are asking or requiring, we recommend that you pursue this type of certification or this type of security posture, et cetera. Not today, but that's a great one for our roadmap. Okay. <laughs> I, I think uh, <laughs> that, uh, definitely people have real line of sight on what their customers are asking for. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and well, well, let we me just can... cut in for a second, because um, <clears throat> I, if we go to the SOC 2 thing, um, it, when you talk to salespeople in this organization that I'm referring to, um, it's like SOC 2 is, is, is it, you, we got to have it, we got to have it, we got to have it. But when you drill down and you look that none of the competitors actually have it, so mm -hmm. then it becomes like, how do we explain what, you know, what are they looking for from SOC 2 and can we meet their requirements? Because maybe it's, they don't, maybe they might not need every single, you know, uh, criteria to achieve that certification. Plus it's a time consuming and expensive process, right? Um, but if you listen to the, the the business, the business people on the business side, they're like, oh my God, we gotta have it. And if we can have it, I'd hit my quota for sure. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so, so yeah. That's definitely so, so. how I got introduced to the problem. You okay. know, salespeople are like, Justin, oh, yeah, we yeah. need to get sucked to. And I'm like, do I have to? Oh my right. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> there goes, um, there goes two years and $80,000 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think that, it, well, some of the calculus has broadly changed, but let me pose the problem in a slightly different way. And I think it may help um, may help endear uh, the, the process to you a little more. So uh, there was a study done on why companies did SOC 2, and 90% of them said that it was for a competitive advantage or, or to compete in the marketplace. When we broke that down further, that 90% that said that's why they got SOC 2, it was for two equally equal reasons. So half of that said they needed to keep up with a market that was already ahead of them from a security compliance perspective. Half of them were doing it to edge out their competitors. Right. So if, if they had done it and the others hadn't, it is still a hugely beneficial sales asset. Sure. because. If you're going through a buying proposition, 
And the question on the buyer side in procurement is like, well, this company isn't as secure as this company. That's just not a risk people like to take at all, even for lesser feature set. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because just because you're SOC 2, uh, what's the word, certified, uh, doesn't mean that you're, doesn't guarantee that you're any more secure than your direct competitor who may not be certified. But if we get into the psychology and processes of the buying organizations, again, they need to check their box and they need to say, we, you know, from where I sit, this company doesn't raise any flags, but this company over here who's not SOC 2, I mean, I can't go any deeper. I just know that what they're telling me. So I, from where I sit, this company has SOC 2 certification, no flags. This one, these ones don't, some flags pop up. And, 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 and from a sales point of view, you just don't want people to raise flags. You want people to be like, okay, yeah. <laughs> right? So do you want to talk right. a little bit about that? Yeah, you're exactly right. You could take the buyer persona a little bit and be like, where where do they want to like spend political capital? I, I almost guarantee you it's not on being like, well, I, I made a custom decision about the security posture of these different. That's just not Trust where they want to. Like, they seem like nice people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I would also say that another part of the thing that's shifted here is StrikeGraph especially has dramatically lowered the cost of getting through a SOC 2 audit process. I remember the days where it was an $80,000 engagement. Um, typically at StrikeGraph to even get the, the audit and everything required accomplished, we're really talking about a 20K to 25K uh, contract you know, or a budget. So that is dramatically shifted. And a lot of that has to do with the technology we put in place. Um, that I, I might have a... Customer. I might have a prospective customer for you. So we'll, uh, we'll yeah. yeah. And, and because it's a sales asset, we, we, it's been, I think I, as a C, as an ex CTO, that was my job before founding Strikecraft. having that, that it's like a, a reusable currency, the SOC two audit, the, the, sure. uh, the auditors won't call it a certificate, but for our, for our audience, it works equally well. I'm absolutely fine. But that SOC 2 certificate, you know, it, it's like I can reuse that trust asset over and over and over again for every single deal. Sure. And it is a very efficient way to express that larger company maturity. Okay. Well, I mean, we've been, we, I, I would say we've been talking about SOC 2 kind of from the outside, um, or we've been touching on it uh, for the last few minutes here. In terms of the other types of certifications, I think I think in our last conversation you mentioned that you know ISO twenty seven thousand one was actually probably more comprehensive and appropriate for a lot of um, a lot of companies in the market. But what are you seeing? Are there any big developments in terms of preferences for certain types of certifications or changes in the certifications themselves in terms of the requirements to achieve them? Yeah, so ISO, uh, the ISO governing body updated their 27001 standard uh, just recently. We've actually incorporated all the new updates into um, the StrikeGraph platform. And I think some of the changes were kind of letting go with, of some legacy things like there used to be a ISO uh, requirement around server timing and network timing, like how, how do you run your clocks for, for network timing? 
um, you know, things like that have, have kind of gone away a little bit as we rely on cloud providers like AWS. You know, that, that, that's all infrastructure in a way that we don't have to think about. Like I did when I used to work at a place like British Telecom, you know, where, sure. where network timing was critical to operations. Um, also, uh, we've seen teams broaden uh, requirements around privacy. And actually ISO released a new standard, uh, the, the ISO 27701 standard, and it is um, focused on privacy specifically. And it's a great umbrella privacy standard because if you solve for that one, you'll also solve for GDPR, you'll also solve for California consumer privacy. Um, so it, it, it's kind of a nice thing on the, the privacy side. I want to highlight that privacy is, is, is not really often a, like a cybersecurity standard. Mm -hmm. It's more about a, a process and management standard. So how can one of your customers ask for data deletion, especially if you're like a, a social network or something like that, or sure. a copy of their data? These are the types of requirements that have come up in GDPR. Um, I did read recently that uh, the US and the EU are getting closer to a, a, an agreed upon data sharing requirements. I think that the federal government has agreed to um, put together essentially a court of inquiry um, mm -hmm. for requests on data. And that was one of the things that basically had US companies had to comply with GDPR and and had to host EU data only in the EU. Like we couldn't use our servers in the US to host EU data. And so it's good to see the US and the EU start to work towards common understandings and the ability to move data back and forth um, between the two um, geographies. Um, one thing that's been interesting for us um, is that we've seen SOC2 is like definitely the gateway drug for this, right? Like it's it's the Swiss Army knife of security standards. It's, right. it's very accepted, especially in the United States. The um, audit process and certification process is not as heavy-handed as ISO, and so it can be easier and less expensive to accomplish. But we are seeing a lot of organizations that weren't really in the health tech space having to tack on HIPAA um, mm -hmm. to uh, their SOC 2 and do both. And the reason is, is that maybe they had a, a technology product and they started out in a vertical market like FinTech. But then um, they started getting requests from health care organizations to utilize that product as well. And now they're storing patient health care information. Now all of a sudden they have to be HIPAA compliant. And um, there's no, the HIPAA law doesn't state a certification process for HIPAA. Um, but one of the things that, that has been being asked by buyers is quote unquote HIPAA certification. And yeah. so one of the um, one of the true innovations at StrikeRaft that we've been delivering is we'll run a HIPAA audit for our customers and provide that certification for them. And so that's very powerful because you sure. know we love that sales asset, right? Like you need something, yeah. piece of paper from an independent assessor to hand over to a buyer that they can use to trust you. Yeah, I mean, so we have an RFP team um, 
And what we do is we have a database of all RFP questions that we've been asked before. I wouldn't say all, but you know, the lion's share and the answers that have been submitted. And we, when we get a document, we pre-populate the document based upon previously um, submitted responses. But then of course we update because things change. Um, whenever there's something like that, a new requirement that we have, then everybody's running and like, how can we go get, do this? And it would be super cool to have a tool that'd be just like, um, or a platform and say like, well, you know what, we need to tack on uh, HIPAA compliance here uh, or HIPAA audit here. And, and how do we do that? And if it's just built into the platform, instead of going out and finding an independent agency to take, to walk us through that process and guaranteed, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sell for you here, but I, I guarantee that if we just go find an independent agency that we're not already doing business with, most likely it's going to take more time and money than, um, if you already are, you know, have a kind of a understanding of our security posture and, and where we're at. So, uh, now I, I might be you yeah. know, reading too much into it, but I'm just thinking that's probably makes sense. No, you're exactly right. And, um, I drew inspiration from time I spent in the education technology space for how we think about, um, standards and standards management. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but between like 2000 and 2010 in, in education, we basically drove towards a standards based education process. So. Mm -hmm. If anyone has children, you know that they take standardized tests on a, a standard of what yep. they should know by which grade. And I can tell you every hour in the classroom, every question they answer on a quiz, that's all aligned and mapped onto the standard. And what happens is, is that you might be teaching, you know, double digit division. And every, you know, if you have a product that teaches that, you know that all the sta the standards out there and each state has a unique set, you know, that maps somewhere on each standard. Same thing is happening for us in security here. If you have a control to encrypt data on the wire, so you're gonna force HTTPS, I know that that control contributes to SOC 2 and ISO 27001 and HIPAA, you know, and PCI DSS. And so when you utilize StrikeGraph, our controls are pre-mapped to every standard already. So let's say you get SOC 2, and then you come back to us and you say, and this is very common, a company will say, hey, we got this opportunity with a healthcare provider, and we'd really like to get it. How far away are we from HIPAA? And we can give them, hey, you're, you're 20 controls away from HIPAA. You're really close. You're not that far off. There's just a little bit of gap here to go and fill in. You know, I, while you're talking, my my sales hat and light bulb popped on. And if if I was if I was using StrideGraph, and and running a sales team, I would be into uh, to your office or or whoever's you know managing StrideGraph internally for us and say, all right, okay, so what are the you know what are the low hanging fruit that we've already qualified, and I don't care what state you know, privacy requirement or industry requirement, how obscure it is, I don't care. Let's just get it and add it to our list. Because if we, <laughs> you know, and again, I mean, being part of the sales process, they'd be like, oh my gosh, look at all these certifications they've achieved, right? And <laughs> yeah. so, and, it, and, and you can do that because that's what the tool allows for. Look at what standards have unlocked for you in a way, right? Like we've right. seen this in software development where standards-based software development or, or using a common framework allows us to bring in developers faster, to, to grow the architecture more quickly with a feature set, because we're all working from kind of a common situation. Now you're not looking at standards as a net drain on my business, mm -hmm. but essentially 
my ability to market and and build sales opportunity off of off of security maturity. We didn't have that opportunity in the past, right? Like no. security was a cost center. Now it's part of the revenue equation. I think that's great. Like I think that's a better marketplace. Totally, totally. And um, and I'm going to talk about that marketplace because I think in our last conversation you referenced the size of the marketplace. But I'll come back to that in a second. Before we get into the the size of the marketplace and the growth trajectory, um, I'm just curious, and I'm just throwing this out there. Um, you know, another one of the requirements that we get are uh, ESG kind of requirements. Um, mm -hmm. And are you, do you map into any of those, um, support any of those kind of uh, requests? We have not rolled out an ESG standard on the platform directly. We do get requests for them. And one of the nice things about StrikeCraft is, you know, we, we have an enterprise governance risk and compliance solution kind of at, at the base software. And so mm -hmm. customers can really easily add new controls that might be towards an ESG outcome that they're working towards. like. We do really good for process-oriented controls, setting-oriented controls. So, for example, um, we've been piloting uh, SOC 1 audits lately, which mm -hmm. are often process controls for fintech. Like if you're right. a payroll processor, what's, okay. what is the process that you ensure that payroll was processed effectively? And so we're definitely seeing some customers kind of, hey, I all of a sudden realize that what StrikeCraft is is doing from a security orchestration perspective is helping me orchestrate what controls I need, who owns them, and am I validating them from an evidence perspective? And whether that control is about, you know, consumption from an ESG perspective or encryption from a cybersecurity perspective, it doesn't really matter. It all it all gets housed in the same system. Yeah, it's interesting because <clears throat> the Security questions uh, kind of overlap with, if it, you know, in our experience, with um, some of the data privacy protection, compliance, and then when you when you have compliance, then then you get in things like the um, ESG. You also have the uh, was it diversity, equity, and inclusion kind of questions, mm -hmm. um, which we're yeah. seeing as an inc increasingly um, common. Even though that sometimes that um, there is no, there could be a standard, maybe there's not, they're just asking, do you have policies in place, this kind of thing. Um, but we're seeing that as, a, you know, kind of increasingly common. Um, and I guess if 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 you have policies someplace, I mean, I'm just trying to think through this, um, if, if you would be able to just kind of map that in, because um, you have your, your policies set, right? I mean. Right. Yeah. So okay. let's say you're getting asked about DEI initiative. And mm -hmm. so you might say, hey, we, so we need to design some controls around this so that you know we can monitor our DEI initiative. One of the controls around DEI might be, uh, we need a control that states that we will collect data on our diversity hiring practices. And the owner of there that would probably be your VP of HR yep. and the, and then the evidence requirement to validate that the control was operated is an annual report on diversity hiring. And so now that lives in the StrikeCraft system and they have ownership over that. And maybe they're storing it on Google Drive or Office 365, that, that data set. And mm -hmm. they can even integrate StrikeCraft into that system and we can pull that data automatically for them on a regular basis. Awesome. Um, let's go back. Uh, you, you touched on the the size of the industry, and I'm just looking at my notes here. I think that you mentioned during our last conversation that the the market 
for um I, I probably am not getting this this right for uh, audits and audits and security. No, I think it was audits and I'm I'm not reading it right. Audit. Uh, can you help me out? <laughs> it would yeah, be. Yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah, I know this one well. The in 2019, the global marketplace for non-financial audits and audit services was a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. There you go. And you predicted that by 2028, I think it would go up to like 300 billion, which is a, is that, is that still where you're, what, you, what you're seeing? That's exactly what we're seeing. And, and the data on that is that that number for non-financial audits and audit services have been growing at a 10 to 15% year over year for the decade before 2019. And there was nothing to dissuade us from seeing that continue to grow similarly. And so what's going on here is that, you know, we had these financial audit processes. This was a measurement of, you know, the financial transparency in an organization and that the books aligned up with the bank records. Mm -hmm. Now, there's centuries of banking technology that makes that really easy. You know, simple innovations like a ledger help right. us align <laughs> that data right at the end of the day. But this kind of non-financial audits, the security audits we do, the ESG audits we do, the process controls, there's, there's not centuries worth of innovation around it. And so one is, is that people, that hundred billion, where was that money going in 2019? I can tell you that probably 90% of it was going to consultants. You can think about like the big four audit firms. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned like a while ago it was 80K to get a SOC 2. That's right. because you were spending two thirds of that 80K on like prep with the auditor and mm -hmm. things like a pre-test before we did the actual audit. And, and it, it was just a huge consulting space. And so really one way to look at StrikeGraph and why we've grown so quickly is that we have chewed into that consulting space with code and solution and automation that has dramatically reduced the price of total ownership of a SOC 2 compliant security practice. Pretty, pretty exciting. So um, I'm, I'm just curious how the current, you know, macroeconomic situation has affected that growth trajectory. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I was struck with when I was a CTO and trying to deal with this was this idea that security was all of a sudden a sales asset. It, it really floored me to imagine that I had to change my entire perspective around how we engaged around security. Um, and I think that even in a macroeconomic environment where we could we're on the verge of or could possibly be in kind of a recession in the United States here. Uh, what we are seeing is a, a ever increasing desire to achieve these because it is a sales asset. And not only that, it's like a renewal asset. So once you gain a customer and they look at that SOC 2 when they sign the first contract, they expect you to have your annual audit accomplished every year. And sure. if you don't, they're really going to wonder what the trajectory of your company is like. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to grow quite quickly. We continue to see a lot of upgrade, you know, on StrikeGraph. And 
we like to line our our upsell motion with like a, a real value for the customer. So it's more around, hey, I started with SOC 2 and I want to add HIPAA. We think that's a value because you're having a new sales asset in the marketplace. So uh, I think that it's always easier to earn new revenue than cut dollars, you know, at a sure. business. And so if StrikeRef is critical to retaining or earning new dollars, then we see continued renewed interest in, you know, our solution and, and solving that sales problem. Well, and I would imagine that, you know, most organizations as we head into this, uh, this recession, that's not a recession, that is a recession, um, that they're, they're looking to cut costs where they can. And if they are still using the traditional model of trying to achieve these different certifications and they're, and they're dealing with the, um, the big consulting firms, um, I, I would assume that, you, that you're in a much more competitive um, space because, you know, you, your, your scalability and your cost structure is, would, seem, would seem to be much more attractive. Yes. And I, I think there's a general dissatisfaction with it's the consultative approach with um, audit firms and certification firms. Um, the criticism we hear is that they can be capricious. Uh, and, and I use that word to describe a situation where we've seen situations where same a customer was going into an audit with a, an audit firm and uh, and depending on the individual they worked with, they would get dramatically different requests for meeting the standard. That that was a real struggle for us. Sure. You know, we we just we couldn't understand why they couldn't get lined up on what they expected as a firm, let alone firm to firm to firm, how different things are. And customers are looking for when they're looking for a standard, they're looking for a sense of deep, you know, like this is what I have to do. And StrikeGraph brings that to bear um, for our customers. And so we, part of our solution these days is that we, um, we have really worked hard so that the CPAs that we work with are kind of, have a deep understanding about how to audit technology, which they are not deep experts in, sure. and, and can line that up so the expectations are met. You know, we want an ethical audit but we also don't want the capriciousness to happen. And I think generally as a trend, you know, the other thing that's been absolutely interesting to me is when I first looked as a CTO at getting a SOC 2 audit, I talked to a lot of auditors that were like, oh, don't go get the audit from that firm. You know, they're, they're not as well respected. And it's really important to have the right logo on your audit. <laughs> We then, you know, in researching StrikeGraph, we went and interviewed a bunch of buyers and we said, does it matter if it's, you know, EY or PWC or a mid-market, you know, on your SOC 2 audit? And none of them cared. Right. And so I, I think that they want an independent, the buyer wants an independent assessment. You know, mm -hmm. they want it done ethically and they want it done well, but they don't, they don't care what the logo is on the top. And I'll give you my favorite example of that go download AWS's SOC 2 audit. You won't <laughs> find a single CPA firm logo anywhere on that document. You know, you get to I, I thought CPA you were going to tell me it was StrikeGraph, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. We're not yet, on okay. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think the, the idea here that 
you you need an independent assessment, but does the logo really matter on it? It's just not playing out to be true. From where I sit, and, and I probably see, I don't know, two, three, four RFP documents. I mean, you know, it's I would say every two weeks, okay? And um, and I've never seen one that said who was your certifying organization for this particular, yeah, certification. Um, just a couple more questions here. You know, earlier you mentioned like when you you upsell or you you see upsell opportunities to or with your customers. Well, what does that mean? So like, um, so maybe you can explain a little bit about your your price structure or how, you know, how you charge and then what an upsell would be. Sure. So our, we, we understand that this is a real journey for organizations. And so we've designed the StrikeRaft platform to very early stage startups can, can begin to use it for helping sales and implementing security and then very mature organizations with multiple uh, standards that they'd like to meet can use it to be successful there as well. And the way that journey looks is a little like this. If you're a super early stage startup, let's say you're you know three to five employees, you may be getting ready to launch a pilot product. You don't need to get SOC 2 yet, but you do need to show some maturity around how you're storing the data. You can use our StrikeGraph Essentials platform um, to get a basic control list in place, get the evidence for that control list, and be able to provide a report right out of StrikeGraph that says, hey, I'm meeting <laughs> these security requirements. And I think from a pricing perspective, you know, uh, we have some special offers for startups, but you're probably in the, you know, five to 10K range per year um, with us, depending on where you want to begin. The I next mean, thing we tip, I mean, you know, you, you could you could spend that much easily on a on a on a one time one and done kind of pen test. So you know that's right. sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Now, the what we see people quickly migrate to is they get a production software in the marketplace. They're probably at fifteen to twenty five employees at that point, and they need to get that first audit accomplished, that first independent assessment uh, now that they are you know, selling their retail price in the market and expecting that data share and they want to really begin the scaling motion of their business. So for us, I think all in on a SOC 2 certification and we, we wrap into that, um, the penetration test, uh, we look at about 20K per year to get that SOC 2 audit accomplished. And that's really Now, when you say that does, that, does that include, there There would be some external cost on top of that? Or like you've got to deal with somebody who's actually going to come in and do the certification, right? We have a deal with someone that's coming in to do the certification. I'm, I'm, so that they, is all in. Yeah. That's all in. Yeah. That's, um, I, I'm not, again, I'm not here to sell your, 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 your services, man, but I, I, you know, having been in the marketplace myself for a while, um, I'd say it's a pretty, pretty compelling offer. Yeah. And, uh, certainly I think, um, you know, for those that are interested, we're happy to explain how it happens, but a lot of it comes down to having great data, well-organized from our customers and a lot of very powerful tooling around technology testing. It's a very powerful way for us to deliver that certification. And there's just, there's not a lot of other options in the marketplace compared to StrikeGraph and how we do that. And it's 
it's grown the business immensely in the last year. Okay. Now, what, what happens next is that you're like, great, I have SOC 2, I'm selling it, it's working, and then a new sales issue comes up around HIPAA. Or let's say you're a PCI DSS, you know, you're a FinTech company, you got sure. SOC 2, but you're getting close to a million transactions, and so a PCI DSS Tier 1, Tier 2 is starting to come into play for you. And then the customer comes back and upgrades with us. And we'll see that over three to five years. They will typically wind up between you know, two to three, maybe up to four different standards that they're trying to meet with a security posture on StrikeGraph. And we're helping them through those certification processes as well. Depending on the standard, we can do the uh, assessment work like HIPAA. Uh, we have certified information systems auditors on staff. And so they can perform a certification, but things like ISO 27001 are a little more complicated. They require two independent bodies, StrikeGraph and another certifying body to work together to get through that particular process. So we manage carefully with our customers' expectations around costs, not only the cost for StrikeGraph, but the costs they might be, be paying to third parties. Excellent. Uh, makes makes a lot of sense, and uh, like I said, it's a it's a pretty darn compelling offer. Well, hey, um, I last thing here, I, you know, we've uh, we've chewed up almost an hour, and uh, <laughs> really enjoying the conversation. But um, any you know any things in the pipeline uh, over the next you know three six months that you'd like to talk about? Well, we just launched a CMMC on our platform with NIST 800-171. That's great for Department of Defense work. Okay. I think on our roadmap is a FedRAMP as well. Um, we also uh, just launched a more detailed GDPR solution on our platform. Um, we, we continue to see a lot of growth in the small to mid-market companies adopting StrikeGraph. And what we're finding very organically is how powerful the solution is for even more mature organizations, you know, up to, uh, I would say, 5,000 plus employees. Intriguingly, one thing that uh, I think your audience may um, may find interesting, what we're seeing at the enterprise, the upper enterprise uh, issue of compliance is a real shift as well. It used to be that the CISO would do like an Archer RSA adoption and they would kind of manage throughout the organization compliance on the whole. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing at that 5,000 plus employees is that now different divisions inside of an organization, because they have revenue responsibility, are charting their own compliance journey and operating their own controls. And so that's been really interesting to us to work with some really big companies, but on a division by division basis. And so I think for those you know, executives that might be running a division with P&L responsibility to the corporate, they might be saying, hey, maybe something like StrikeGraph is a solution for us because I don't want to continue to wait for a corporate to reach a compliance outcome that is impacting sales for me today. Makes makes a lot of sense. Well, hey, Justin, um, again, totally enjoyed this conversation. And uh, I, I'm sure, I'm, you know, uh, what's the word? Very happy for your growth trajectory and the way things continue to develop for you. Um, would like to wish you the best for the remainder of 2022. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure to join the conversation with you. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.